Dog Bless You is brought to you by Button Up Box. We love our dogs and want them to be as healthy and as happy as possible. What do dogs want? Love and a delicious dinner, of course. Button Up Box and Wild Heart Foundation have an amazing relationship because we really do care about what our dogs eat. And it's all thanks to a certain rescue called Rudy. Rudy was in a really bad way. Her skin was sore and itchy, her energy was low, and then there were her farts. Absolutely foul. So co-founder and proud owner, Dave, started making her meals from scratch, gently cooking healthy home ingredients. Rudy, within weeks, recovered with more energy, healthy skin, and those farts, all gone. After developing the perfect recipe of 60% meat and 40% vegetables and none of the nasties along with colleague Kev, Button Up Box was born. What I love best is they actually taste the meals themselves and each portion is customized to suit your individual dog's needs. Button Up Box believes dogs deserve better and listeners of Dog Bless You can get 75% off their first two weeks of Button Up Box meals. Just go to buttonupbox.com slash W-A-H-F to apply. And for each new order using this link, an amazing £20 will go to the Wild at Heart Foundation. That's buttonupbox.com slash W-A-H-F. So help rescue a dog today by treating your dog to some fresh, gently cooked meals from Button Up Box. Proud sponsors of Dog Bless You. Hello and welcome to Dog Bless You, the podcast about rescue dogs, the Wild at Heart Foundation charity and our love of dogs in general. I'm your host, Nikki Tibbles, and in this series, we'll speak to people about their experiences with their companions and how a dog can change your life for the better. But we'll also hear some harrowing stories about the lives of some dogs here in the UK and around the world. And more importantly, we'll tell you how you can help end that. But for now, let's meet today's guest. My guest today is the beautiful, gorgeous actor, producer, entrepreneur, and more importantly, mother of the fabulous and beautiful Rosie. Yes. Your little dog. She's gorgeous. She hasn't got a bad bone in her body. She's just the most gentle, kind creature. And what is, what is Rosie? In so the- she's a Bichon Frise. Yeah. Is that how you, well, that's Bijon, Bijon, and um, you know I I've had it for a long time. So when the kids were little and I you know I, did, I, I had to have a dog that was manageable around having four children and dog walking yeah. and um, I've got asthma and, and that kind of thing. I didn't want to have like extra cleaning to kind of clean up after dogs and they don't they mm. don't molt they don't I mean some my friends all say they smell but Bijons but I don't when they're when they're young they don't really smell and they're great with kids and they're very cozy and cuddly and and at the time I was when the kids were little um and I my last child was born I was very delicate I was like had a bit of depression postnatal depression and it was really important for me to have um dogs because they're like the kids would go to and from we had joint custody and you know the dogs always stayed with me yeah. so they were very um stabilizing and very loving and so she's quite. She's had a lot of um, medical problems, you know, um, the last few years, and she actually had. We had two. We had Rosie and Ringo, and Ringo passed away last year. Was I'm sorry. 
which was, was really so horrible. Hard. And it was done. Yeah. It was. All, it was. All, it, I was. I'd just gone away, and and he um, got ill, and he actually got put down when I was away, and that was horrible. So I didn't say goodbye. So it was really um, intense, actually, because what I realised about Ringo was that he'd been with me every like constantly right from when the kids were little and through everything yes. and I'd gone you know you know I've, I've got a great life and I've got lovely children and lovely family and career and things that I want but you know I went through a very difficult time for a few years so yeah. Ringo was there always constantly yes. looking after You're me. You're one constant. And he was like yeah. the, I always say he was the only man who's really been with me the whole yeah. you know through thick and thin and and you know yes, for richer and for poorer unconditional yeah. love and all that and you know, so so dogs and animals, I've I've always preferred them yeah. to a lot of human beings. So, and I I think people, a lot of people, don't understand because you know I, I completely completely hear you. I mean, I've had dogs all my life. Yeah. And did you did you grow up with yeah, dogs? Yeah, right from like yeah. right from the beginning. So it's sort of almost unthinkable for yeah. us to probably not have a dog in our life. And and I think you know the having a dog through our lives with your children it's it's so great for your kids mm. because it teaches them about love and respect and responsibility and touching and and holding and mm. feeling it also teaches you about loss mm -hmm. and and i think unless people who who are listening to this and know what it's like to lose a dog mm. you know it's a, it's one of the worst things i've ever experienced it I think it is, and I think um, if you if you, a lot of people don't relate to it, they just haven't experienced it, and, yeah. and I think of what we're being so dramatic about. But you know, you f you form a huge bond, yes, and you know, and you care for them, and they care for you, and um, you know, some people have a dog as a pet, but for me, it you know, they're not pets, and and I've always um, rescued animals, so I was, you know, as a vegetarian since. Yes. They, you know, like my mum. And you, you still are a vegetarian. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. For, you know, 54 years I've been yeah. a vegetarian, never eating meat or fish. But when I was little, wow. it, it did start off. Thank you. That's but it amazing. was just for me, like, out of one, I just didn't, apparently, my mum tried to give it to me. I, wouldn't, I couldn't, wouldn't eat it. Just, mm. you know, I always think maybe I was like some kind of Hindi in a past life or some kind of like, I just Indian and I just would never wanted to eat meat. But she, I, I already, at two years old, my mum said I was screaming at anybody that was cruel to animals and butchers right. and people that ate meat. Yeah. Wow. Really, really um, extreme about it. But right from an early age, I would rescue animals. So we, you know, we, I'm from Camden. I used to spend a lot of time, you know, in those days, you'd walk back and back. You'd go to school on your own from six yeah. years old. I'd be, you know, we, were, we kind of lived near this car park. We didn't have a garden. So I used to play in this kind of weird car park place and short farm and um, I always found like um, kittens and dogs and puppies and pigeons I was always you sound just like me really so I was always rescuing things bringing always taking things home taking to my dad <laughs> yeah. taking things home like, but yeah. like pigeons like they were yeah. like birds with broken you know, wings exactly yes. and yeah. I remember like having puppies and, and kittens and um, you know I'd get these little kind of baby um, little bottles that you get for dolls yeah. And you know the teats, yes. and then and then kind of give them milk and stuff. So for me, they just it it wasn't like oh I want a pet. It was more like I I just loved saving things, helping mm. things, and wanted something that was part of a family that I could show love to and vice yes. and they and they could give it back. And that and that's amazing. And I think that's that's what's so precious for us about having mm. relationships with our animals. That it it is more than a pet. And I think mm. we spend. Probably the, the single most part of 
my life is I spend more time with my dogs mm -mm. because they're with me all day every day and I go home to them every night and exactly you know, they're, they're with me I go on holiday with my dogs and it is that sort of it's probably the longest relationships I've Absolutely. ever and <laughs> been with my dogs yeah. and, and the thing is it's like as well I think something about you know life is you know you're learning loads of different life lessons and you know when we're younger we're kind of filling all our time with you know I want this and this ambition and um, I want to do that, this, this, and that. And then as you get older, I think things simplify and you, you like to spend more time on your own and life is more um, solitary. So the good thing, I love going for walks on my own. Yeah. You know, I really, I mean, I, used, I sometimes like going with friends, Colette and Billy, <laughs> the dogs that's in the studio today. Gorgeous and Billy. Gorgeous Billy. How does Billy get on with Rosie? Um, they get on pretty well. I mean, Rosie is such a, like, I mean, she, like, Everyone loved Ringo. Ringo is the dog, like, he's a bit of a dude. But Rosie, it's like, if she was... He, Ringo was the same breed. The same breed. Bichon, but they're such Bichon. different personalities. Yeah. Like, I always think Rosie's maybe a little, little, little bit mentally challenged if she yeah. was... You know, she, there's something about her that she... You know, I've never seen her anger, angry or react. Or she reminds me of the Queen Mother in some ways. Or like, But she's definitely like a little bit kind of like weird and and so other dogs don't really care for her so much. I mean, they don't dislike her, but she's just... She's quite aloof. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny. Like people laugh about her. Maybe she's she's either really not very intelligent or she's just on a different level. There's just something a bit weird well, she about. She just her. doesn't. It's like I always think people always say, you know, that with people, you know, well, we choose who we like and mm. who we don't do. And I'm sure dogs do the same. Yeah. Maybe she just doesn't really like yeah, other dogs. Yeah, but I've never seen her. That and she never gets down, or, or you know, unless she's ill. But yeah. she, she's also we always think it's quite funny with her. She's definitely got um, an eating disorder because she can find food anywhere. So if someone comes to my house and they have a business meeting, they put their handbag on the floor. She can, she will open the bag. She knows how to open it. Get in yeah. the bag and get their sandwich Whatever or their chocolate, it. or she finds any bit of food in the house. So with teenagers, I'm like, don't leave any chocolates, pizza express yeah. things, milkshakes. <laughs> she will get, she knows how to get in a room, find it, make herself ill. Um, then she knows how to open the recycling bin, um, right. she'll eat all that. And then, so and she's little, so she gets into all of these places. She gets into all these places yeah. and she puts on weight and then they, so she started having to a special weight, um, they used to weigh in. So yeah. she had this vet was like, weight watchers for dogs. like weight watchers for dogs. Cause she was really overweight. She could like two times, She's had to go into hospital, the vet, whatever, is it the vet, you know, I call it hospital, mm. but to um, get her weight down because she eats so much and makes herself so sick and then she gets yeah. an autoimmune problem. I mean, yeah. it's so crazy, like literally been on, on death's door two or three times in the last oh, few years. Awesome. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, the same, and we were like literally saying our goodbyes. And then um, she was in the vet for a week and um, I don't know, it's some kind of odd thing that she gets. Was it, and th this wasn't because of something she ate, this was just a... So it's, it's to do, I can't remember the name of it. It, it, it's, it's quite complicated, but she puts on weight and then, and it's this autoimmune thing, but I don't know, she comes out in sympathy for me sometimes or something <laughs> like I, you know, I get a bad hip and a limp and she gets it too. Yeah. But, and, but the thing is the vet thinks, you know, that it's quite serious and then she, right. we, we kind of, change her diet or something. Not that, I mean, she's always had a healthy diet. Yeah. You know, she has the right, the best food. I was going but to it, I think she just eats so much and it's sometimes not our fault, yeah. but she just finds food. So she'll eat anything. Yeah. She'll eat my son's orthodontist brace if she, you know, anything. Yeah. Which is sort of odd 
well, it's not odd because it's what what she is. But you know, some of our rescue dogs who've obviously not had food yeah. on a regular basis, they always want food. I mean, yeah. I had I have six rescue dogs, and one of my rescue dogs from Puerto Rico had properly lived on the streets, yeah. scavenging. I mean, she lived by a burger yeah. van when I found her, and that dog would eat absolutely everything and anything and yeah. I would take her for a walk in the park and I'd turn around and she'd have a baguette in her mouth. Yeah, that's just like Rosie's, you, know, you catch them in the moments, yeah. like they're, they're kind yes. of looking like, oh, she never She'd come back with a chicken leg from mm. the picnic mm. or something. I mean, mm. she would eat anything, but that's that's because she's... Yeah, for her background. That's her background. Yeah. But presumably Rosie has no. always been fed and loved. I just think it's loved. interesting, like, just yeah. how people, um, just how... Babies, people, children have certain um, things about them, yeah. you know, whatever, insecurities. Dogs have them too. Dogs, it's kind of like, dogs do have them. Because yes. some dogs just don't like, like, Ringo didn't like people that had long hair. Rosie yeah. doesn't like people that have accessories. She really? doesn't like people that have big jackets, rucksacks, yeah. and hats. Yes. So when people come around, I have to say, yeah. take everything take off, off, you know, take yeah. it all off. My dogs don't like yeah. people in hats. It's funny, isn't it? And Rita, my little Puerto Rican, does not like tall, thin men dressed in black. Yeah, so that's... Bonkers. that's a, so, so maybe somewhat, somewhere along the line, somebody... Something's happened. Something's happened. Yeah. But I don't know with Rosie. I don't know why she's like that. I just think she likes food. She'll eat anything. It, being vegetarian, I don't feed my dog's meat. Mm. So, and a lot of people think that dogs do need to eat meat. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't. Mm -hmm. But what, what do you feed Rosie? Well, yeah, no, I... What she's yeah, <laughs> braces. Um, <laughs> I know, I, I absolutely agree with you um, about, you know, for, well, for me, it's like, I don't want to have it, have it in my house and mm. I don't handle it and I don't, um, yeah, I don't, you know, for me, it's like, it is an eth a hugely ethical thing. Um, I did a lot of research on the um, the food for the dogs and, and, I, and I have tried to make my dogs in the past vegetarian or vegan, but Rosie actually didn't do so well on it so we have like a kind of a, a mixture so she has t a tiny bit of of um because i've got a cat as well yeah so and cats can't be vegetarian i think yeah. you can do dogs yes. there is a way to make dogs vegan or vegetarian yeah. but cats can't be um so for me it's like rosie will get a mainly a kind of plant-based dried food but she gets a little bit of wet food with it with right. it and that was just after experimenting with so many if, if i could get away with it you know yeah. i would because maybe some... you know we're thinking of getting a new dog because yes. because me and my partner both have so I've so I've got four children he's got two children we've been together six years we don't live together and, and it's quite a weird thing we're not going to have children together we don't really have anything together apart from our relationship and it's right. like we want something together when yeah. are we ever going to move in I don't know so we're thinking of, of sharing a dog yeah to see have something because right. you know and he yeah. shares his dog with his ex wife so what's his dog it's a re he got a rescue um that was from Ibiza that he found in a that was found in a rubbish bin right called socks and socks right. and rosie get on quite well yeah and the cat they all kind of get on well because my cat thinks it's a dog which is quite interesting yeah. i must have got it when oh, it was... and so is socks like an ibethan house so yeah like you know like a ibethan sheep doggy type right. thing if we're going to start working in Ibiza, actually. And they've with, got some um, those wild dogs that are quite interesting. Yes. And what are they called? Can you remember well, the name? there's a lot of, um, there's, there's a big issue in Ibiza in Spain with hunting dogs. Yeah. And so Patrick Cox is out 
has moved out to yeah. Ibiza and he's an ambassador for the foundation. Mm. So he's at the moment sort of going to all the rescue centers in Ibiza to see who we can work with mm. so that we can start bringing dogs over and start a sterilization project. Well, I can, um, you should talk to Darren because he, he would have got the, the, his dog from a rescue place yeah, there and it's quite interesting what, what his experience was. You know, we have been looking um, at, you know, we've, we've been looking with you guys yes. as well and we want to maybe adopt or foster or, or something. And, and But it's finding a dog that as well that's going to be able to, you know, um, fit in with the other two dogs. Yeah. Um, Socks and Rosie and with our teenage kids yeah. and go between two, you know. But yes. I, th I, I think it's... Yeah. So, because we, we would love to help. And I know we've been talking to you about, the Foundation's been talking to you about adopting one of our yeah. dogs um, and because we've got so many I mean we have we do have some incredible dogs from mm -hmm. um, I mean but our dogs from Bahrain are so beautiful and we've got two or three litters of puppies on the website at the moment that have been dumped in the desert that were dumped on a building site mm -hmm. um, we have our dogs from Lesbos we've got dogs from Romania we've got amazing dogs coming over from Thailand and we're starting to work with amazing shelter in Bulgaria mm -hmm. where they actually sort of train the dogs before they arrive and they live in their house and so then they so don't come know that straight. there's like you know that we know a little we, yeah, I think we, little, we like to know, know a little more. bit about yes them, yeah. because you know it's we we've got to find you the, mm. the right dog that mm. does fit in mm -hmm. with your lifestyle and with Darren's lifestyle and also with your kids I mean mm. they're, they're all grown up now you're all of your yeah. children aren't they they're, they're, you know and, and they're they're good kids and good teenagers and um you know it's, it's good for them to be around animals but you, you want to know that they're not going to be a dog that's going to if they leave the front door open going to kind yeah. of run out the front door you know they'll yeah. forget to do certain things you know so you need a dog that's is going to be feeling so what, comfortable. what would be your idea what do you th do you do you both look good to you and Darren does Darren have one view of dog and you have another yeah a little, so little. Where, what, what's the what's so the ideal he, dog for you so he run, he does a lot of running and a lot of walking I love walking but I, I don't want to have to have a dog that I have to walk five miles a day because yeah. I just don't have the time with work and everything else um, I'm quite happy to have a bit more of a cuddly one a um, bit more, um, not too big. I'm not um, precious. I don't, you know, even though I've got a Bichon, I, I'm, you know, I, I quite like mixed dogs. You know, before I had Ro Rosie and Ringo, and as a kid, I always had, you know, they wouldn't be pedigree. Mm. Um, his dog is a mix too. So, you know, just something that's, I don't like, I mean, I love big dogs, but I don't think I can handle a really big dog or a really yeah. neurotic dog. I think my yeah. life, I need to have a calming dog. Yes. That, you know, is quite easygoing because I, I don't need any more stress in yeah. my life. You know, so that, that's the thing. And, you know. But Darren wants one he can take running. Yeah, and one that can, yeah, run a bit. Yeah. But, like, I, I don't know if I could, yeah, maybe we need to <laughs> get to you in there before. Like, Jack Russell's, I don't know if I could cope with Billy because he, he, he needs a lot of walking. To, and, like, Jack Russell's can be quite yeah. full on, can't they? I mean, oft, often the smaller the dog, the more exercise the more they exercise, need, yeah, that's, that's you know, these it? sort of uh, terriers and mm. sort of like these little mini pin type dogs and uh, people think also a lot of the, the new breeds of dogs like cockapoos and multipoos, they don't really need any, any exercise mm. but they really mm. do mm -hmm. because they're sort of both from, their breeds made from working dogs yeah. and that's still in their DNA mm. whereas I think, you know, a lot of our, our rescue dogs, I mean certainly from um, 
certain countries where there are more houndy, they are mm. more working type mm, dogs mm, mm. who would like to run five yeah. or ten miles every day mm. on the heath. Mm. Um, so, but again, there's, there's lots that are sort of, you know, a lot of our dogs from Lesbos are a, a breed called Cocones, which is like a sort of very blonde spaniel. They're so oh, pretty. I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. I'll show you one. But um, I mean, we can we can certainly find you fantastic, perfect dog. I know we seem so to have been dogs. looking for quite a while. It's like one of those things you don't think it's going to be be that hard to find the right dog, but it is. Yeah. In the sense, because I mean, and it's great that it's all changed. But I, you know, I remember going down Parkway in Camden, and you had that old, you know, the pet shop. You know, you see all the, the animal, and there's one on Queen's Crescent, all, you know, and that, of course they don't exist now, no. um, which is a good thing because yes. they, were, they were bad. Um, but, but what people would do was go out, you'd spontaneously be able to do it. So the good thing is now that you have to seriously think about what you want, you know, you have to, you're vetted, you go to a breeder, yeah. you know, and also there's a lot of scams because we nearly got, twice we nearly got a dog over before Christmas, like last September as well, where... People said, "Oh, we've just moved to the Isle of Man, and we can we'll bring the dog down." And then they just ended, it all ended up to be scams. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot, a lot of that of, as well. There is a lot of that. There's so much of that around, and I think people. And it's great that you've brought that up as well because there, it's so easy to be pulled into that. Mm. And these are people who are breeding dogs in puppy mills, and we have vans coming over every single day from Eastern Europe, mm. which are rammed full of cages with puppies mm. that are often vaccinated and injected way too young. They're gonna have massive health problems because of that, because you cannot really vaccinate a dog until it's 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. And so they'll be vaccinating their dogs when they're much younger because they wanna get rid of them sooner. So your dog probably, if you get a dog from a, a unlicensed breeder, and you know, warning signs, immediately if they want you to meet on some motorway service station mm -hmm. <laughs> or South Mims or anywhere mm. because you you have to meet the owner you have to meet the mother and you, the dog if you're gonna buy a bred dog then you know you have to buy responsibly mm -hmm. from a kennel club mm. that the, the kennel club um, has a sort of you know they have their dogs that are registered with with a kennel club but a lot of people aren't aware of that no. and I think often you know you'll you end up with dogs that aren't very well or very healthy because their mothers aren't well they're mm. not kept in the greatest you know wherever there is money to be made at the expense of an animal there is less than zero animal welfare mm. and that sadly is the case with puppy mills but i think and, and buying dogs online but i think you know the great thing about talking to you and wanting to rescue is you're saving a life mm. you know and there are 600 million stray dogs in our world and for every litter of puppies born, mm -hmm. there are 67,000 dogs born within six years. So, and there's no legislation for the welfare of a dog on the street. I mm. mean, absolutely zero. So they're not treated humanely. Um, and when, when your dogs come over, do you have, where, where, what happens? Do they come to a, how they, do they go straight to a- yeah, Straight to their home. Straight to the yeah. home. There's, yeah. Yeah, so, so you have yeah. to go, so you do it through all done online. All online. Yes. I mean, we have a, a sort of a process where obviously you apply, you fill out an adoption form yeah. so that we can look at your life and work, work out, out. Oh, which okay. dogs are the most appropriate. Or if you've seen a dog online that you particularly like, you fill out the adoption form and say you're particularly interested in 
Phoebe or whoever, whoever, um, and then we'll look at you and say, okay, well, we think Phoebe needs to be in a more rural environment because mm -hmm. we do build relationships with our shelters that we work with. Mm -hmm. So we, we know our dogs and we yeah. go out regularly to meet the people who are running the shelters and the, the type of dogs that are there. And we're in constant contact with them. So we, we know our dogs, we know that we can mm. find the right dog for you. Um, but our dogs then go directly, yes, so then we do a, yeah, a home check to you. and they will then come over and go straight to you. But we do also help you through the whole process. So we mm -hmm. don't just bring the dog over and you have, pick up your dog and, and that's it. We're, we have a behaviorist that works with us 24-7 that's constantly Amazing. on hand that you can call if there are any issues. And, mm. you know, and it, it's a bit like anything in life, you know, it's a bit like any relationship. You know, it's it's it can be bumpy to start yeah. with, and you know, and it can be great to start with. And some dogs take a little bit more time to settle in. And you know, if we always say to people, the best advice is when you get your rescue dog, just let them be. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you like your peace and you like to be walking on your own and all of those things. And dogs just need to settle. Mm -hmm. You know, we all need to settle in a new environment. Must be so confusing for them, mustn't it? They must get so scared and. Um, you know, and I think when they are like lonely and vulnerable and in places where, you know, we go to um, Turkey quite a lot and there's a lot of stray dogs where we go and, you know, there's I kind of, of stray dogs in yeah, and I often go and, um, you know, buy food because you just think, you know, in the morning I'll kind of go and buy some food and, 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 and give them some food and all that yeah. kind of stuff and there was some really lovely big dogs there, the, the kind of working dogs that that like the, the the old kind of sheep guarding sheep guarding they're kind guarding. of really quite yeah. big and I was talking to him I'm like why is this dog just here on his own and he's so thin and, and they're like you know they when they've they've finished their work and they don't want them anymore they just kick them out and then yeah. they go to like where the little beachy bit is of the tourists and they hang out there and you yeah. just feel like I can't believe that someone's just like abandoned them and they're just like and they're like you know you see the odd one with the collar and all the ones that don't you think oh god they're all fighting for attention, all fighting for food, and and then you see the other side, which is you know the big dogs. You know, they do need a lot of food, and if somebody doesn't have any money, the first yeah. people they're not going to be able to feed. They're going to you know choose maybe feeding themselves and not their animals. But yeah. it's so sad to see animals underweight and starved and not looked after. And and sadly, it's happening more and more in this country as well. well. No, I mean, we're quite good, right? Really, we'll put the dogs I mean, first. I think. It's interesting, again, you saying earlier that, you know, a little bit like me, you know, I grew up, you know, I would find stray dogs, take them home. My mm. dad was amazing, like mm. you. You, mm -mm. you. But I can't remember the last time I saw a stray dog in this country. No, it's true. So I think we have... You just don't, do you? You just like, don't. You'd see, I'd see, you'd see them, like, in a, in a car park in the back of a, you know, there'd be a little bush and there'd be mm. all, like, kittens and puppies. And you yeah. just saw that every kind of, that in the 60s, 70s. I remember yes. that quite a lot. Yeah, but we don't but see not anymore. Snow. And I think that's that's where we really have to thank mm. the sort of Battersea Dogs mm. Home and the RSPCA and the Blue Cross and the Dogs Trust mm. and the PDSA mm. because we have an incredible support system mm. in this country mm -hmm. for animals that are unwanted. Mm. You know, even... Any dog, people, unwanted gifts at Christmas, you know, take into the RSPCA or, or Battersea. Mm. And 
I think you know that those charities have done so well at ridding our country of stray dogs and educating us because we all sterilize our dogs we all spay and neuter mm. whereas in most countries across the world you know people don't sterilize mm. their dogs which is why there are so many unwanted dogs on the streets and and that that's a lack of education mm. and they don't also have anywhere for these dogs to go if they don't want them mm. you know there's no equivalent of Battersea in mm, Turkey mm, mm. or Ibiza or Spain or anywhere mm, in the world mm. you know and that's what we as a foundation are trying to work on the bigger picture. I read of. this amazing story um, it's probably, probably quite a famous one or one that you would know where I don't know if it was in Greece but um, somebody who went traveling and they met this dog and they had this bond and then they mm. went home and then they couldn't stop thinking about yeah. the dog and then went back to find the dog and then took the dog home yeah, because they just like it was like I was feeling like that when I met the dog in in Turkey. This one that I fed, I was like, oh my god, maybe you know. And then you start having this thing, you you, you know, you get to know them for a couple of weeks. Yes. And I can't just leave you here. Yeah. And does that happen quite a lot when people when yes, they travel? We, we, we do. We actually have. Um, we get a lot of people who call us and say, I've been feeding this dog for two weeks. What can I do? Mm. And, um, Jasmine Hemsley. As, who's also an ambassador for the foundation, she goes to India quite a lot, and um, we've helped her bring her dogs back from India. And is that is that hard to do? Because I'm going to India in a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's no, it's not hard. Isn't it? I mean, it just takes a little bit longer, mm. and you have to have a trace test, which you have to send off, which is a, it, I mean, it's 150, 200 mm. pounds. Mm. It just costs a little bit more, more money to get them from India yeah. to here. And then you have to. What's the wait? How long do you have to wait? Um, the trace test potentially for India would be anywhere between 8 to 12 weeks. Mm. So it would take you a minimum of three months. So you'd have to, have to make sure someone was looking up, yes. you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And, and I mean, literally last week, uh, a great supporter of the foundation was in Mauritius. And she has she'd brought dogs over from Thailand when she visited Thailand. So she has two Thai dogs. And she went to Mauritius on holiday and she literally was messaging me. And I said to her, you know, this is why I don't go on holiday anymore. Because it just breaks your heart. I can't, it yeah. breaks my heart. Mm. I mean, I spend my entire time feeding dogs and mm. taking them to the vets and all of those things. And then you have to leave them. And so she went to the pound in Mauritius and because um, to volunteer for a couple of days of a holiday to look, you know, go and help walk some dogs mm. and things. She fell in love with two puppies mm. and we're helping her bring them back. So she, mm. we're flying them to uh, Paris and we'll So you might get Paris a call from me in a couple of weeks yep, then. We, um, can, we can help. I was, when I was in, over there um, last year, was it, and then we were talking, um, Darren, my partner, seen a really lovely dog up near the Himalayas. And then we were talking to the guide because we were kind of tracking a bit. And he said, the, the thing about dogs in India is they don't, and, and then I suddenly realised that when I go there, this happens, they bark all night. Right. It's part of their, in them, to yes. just bark at night. Yeah. That's, you know, they all just like barking. So I was thinking yeah. with that, you know, there's, so there's different, dogs have different kind of cultures and different yeah. behavioural things that sometimes you might think it's great and bring a dog over and then you don't realise until you get home that it's going to be something quite, or do you think that's just something that... I think they're barking because other dogs are barking. Yeah, and, and they're in, and they're, they're, they're like, it's part of their thing. They're out in the wild yeah. a bit more. They keep them outside yes. at night. And yeah, I mean, I, I know that you know, living in West London, if there's a dog down the street that barks, mm. my dogs bark mm. because they'll just start barking. Mm. And and also, it does depend a lot on 
like you were talking about these livestock guarding dogs in mm. Turkey, I have a Spanish dog who's a livestock guarding dog. I mean, he's a 65 kilo, you know, he's a big, big boy, Lenny. He was thrown down a well when he was six mm. months old and just left to die. And um, he says when you Google his type of breed, because he's a Spanish Mastine cross, it says he's a nuisance barker, mm. because that's his job. You know, mm. he sits and guards sheep and barks. And that's what they're taught to do, and maybe originally. Yes. You know, but, yeah, you know. and he still would love nothing more in, in have a little house in the country, and he sits in the garden, and he just barks at the moon. And it's, I mean, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's just so charming. Aww. Gorgeous bark that is just wonderful. So but I think... Just, um, embrace things like that yeah. every, you know let them ha yes. every dog have their own personality yeah. and you know not try and you know yeah. I don't like the whole thing as well as like human beings you know we've, we're kind of slaughtering and killing most of the planet and all the wildlife and we just have these you know dogs are, and you know only only animals that that we benefit from are the animals that are thriving yes you know so we don't like so we sad. want everything to just be an extension of ourselves yeah. so with with dogs and whatever you know it's like we can't i don't want to completely you know that master thing yes. you know i don't like that okay. whole thing so it's yeah. You know, with an animal, I'm really saying like we're actually on the same level. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, I love my dogs. Each one has a different personality and a different. And I, I have never been one for having a dog that's got to walk to heel and mm. you know sits for an hour in the middle of a field until I tell it to come. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not my vibe of having a dog. Yeah. I just I want them to be safe. Yeah, I don't want them bolting across roads. I don't want them nipping at people. Mm -hmm. I, I want them to be safe, so they need to be controllable. And I think I have big dogs, so it's even more important because mm. you know mm. they're, they're, they are. I have six big dogs, um, so I need to have, make sure they're under control. So mm. from that point, point of, view, of view, they're yeah. safe. You need them to be safe, but, but it's but not that's this whole it. kind I mean, of. The, I yeah. agree. It's like people. You, we're all different, mm. and we all have a different personality and character. And I think our dogs should. Be who they are mm -hmm. and I think that's also you know what for me is so fabulous about having a dog that you adopt a, a rescue dog a stray dog because I, I sometimes struggle with everyone who does have a cockapoo or a multi-poo it's like we all struggle for our identity mm. we all want to look different we all dress mm. in a different way and whatever we do with our hair and our makeup and our the clothes we wear and the things we do, we strive to create our own identity. Yeah, we all want the same dog. Mm. I mean, and, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, like the trends and fads yeah. of dogs is a bit, yeah. you know. It's, it's when it's sort of vampire diary time, everyone wants a husky. Yeah. When it's 101 Dalmatian movie time, mm. you know, everyone gets a Dalmatian. Mm. And, you and now know, all the ones that are unpopular, that, that, the breeds that are dying out, like, um, Alsatians are quite unpopular now, yes, aren't they? And, they are. and, I, and I used to have years ago old English sheepdogs. They're not around so much, nope. you know. But they, they were probably popular because of the yeah. Dulux. Yeah, yeah, they were popular yeah. for a while, and now people yeah. don't want them. And yes, no, it's, the it's, Bichons have been quite like. I, I mean, in Primrose when I first got them, Rosie and Ringo, you know, 16, 17 years ago, it was like there, there was only one or two around. But now you can go, and there's there's so many yeah. of them. It's like kind of. Some really weird, spooky movie like *Village of the Damned* with yeah. the kids with the blonde hair, all these <laughs> dogs that are white. It's like a bit, <laughs> bit spooky, um, you know. And and I really did. My friend, so so Rosie does have um, a hairdresser who he, he he loves dogs. He's got about ten, and he he is a, he actually cuts human you know humans hair, but he 
has Bijan, so he cut, comes and cuts Rosie's hair and oh, Ringo's do Ringo's. And he's brilliant. He just had some puppies. Um, and I always said I would have one, and then I just said to Darren, you know, you should look at these puppies. And, he, and he's just like, no, I'm not no. going to walk along with a... I'll walk along with your white dog, but I'm not going to get a white fluffy dog that we're sharing. Yeah. I want the rescue or kind of yeah. sheep dog or something like that. So, Which I love. Yeah. It's nice to rescue, and it is something no, you can no, do. Exactly. I think that's a lovely thing, doing something together. Yeah. Just going back to Rosie for a minute. I mean, what, what is the best thing about her and having her? Um, I just think she, you know, just her nature is so lovely. She's just so calming. Um, I find it interesting that she never gets angry or irritated. Like every, every other dog I've seen, you know, there's always, she's never you know, and, that, and dogs can be like snappy with her or a bit mean with her. And, and she just doesn't really, she doesn't even take it personally. She doesn't, you know, she's just like, oh, I like it. She's like in her own, she's quite zen. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's, she's quite an easy, easy dog to, to, to have. I mean, I guess the annoying side of her is maybe that she's a bit lazy, that she doesn't want to, like, so sometimes, I, I, you know, I like walking, but, you know, not, not miles and miles, but she doesn't really want to go for too much of a walk. So sometimes I've had to turn back and take her home. Yeah. She just doesn't want to go for a walk. She'll just, like, <laughs> put, she'll come out of her collar, yeah. yeah. Like, when she got ill a few weeks ago, we had to get her pushed. She couldn't walk, couldn't walk, and she got in, she was in a pushchair. So I thought she was really, but then she got better again. She's just got like, you know, nine lives. It's crazy. If Rosie was a person, who would she be? Well, I, I mean, because I, I don't know if it's because of the whole Barbara Cartland. You know, she always had these white, but she reminds <laughs> me of like a, a little old lady now, yeah. like the Queen Mother or Barbara Cartland. So, so she's quite kind of in some ways quite grand. And so like would she would she speak like the Queen? Potentially, yeah, she's she definitely you know quite prim, and you know she never really liked really liked boys that much. You know she didn't really you know she's just quite kind of aloof and just likes her own yeah her own yeah. space. I love the Barbara Cartland of yeah. the dog world. <laughs> yeah, just sitting on a pillow yeah, reading that's a what book. She does. <laughs> that's, I mean, oh, amazing. Well, I hope we can find you a yeah, beautiful rescue dog and. Um, that will bring more love into your gorgeous mm. life. And thank you. Thank you so much, Sadie, for coming today and talking to us about you and your life and Rosie and all things dog. Oh, thank, thank you, you very much. It's lovely. Thank Thanks. you. So that's our show for today. If you want to share your dog stories, please email info at podpeopleproductions.co.uk or send pictures to at podpeopleuk on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'd really love to hear from you. If you liked today's show, please subscribe and rate us on wherever you get your podcasts. It does help other dog lovers to find us. Dog Bless You was produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions and presented by me, Nikki Tibbles. The music by Mike Hansen and if you want to join or contribute to the Wild at Heart Foundation, please go to wildatheartfoundation.org. Thank you so much and see you soon. Pod people.